Finding out that I had endometriosis was a very, very long journey. You can have endometriosis in your eyes, you can have it in your digestive system. I have it in my uterus, which can affect fertility. And that's what happened with me. Hey, box owners. Welcome to this week's episode of Period Sis. I'm your host, Mandy B., and could not be more excited to bring you an episode brought to you by none other than the official box owner brand. That's right. If you haven't yet, make sure you go on over to officialboxowner.com and cop your products or sign up for our quarterly subscription box. But this week, I am super excited to be bringing you a compilation of an episode regarding all of our conversations regarding endometriosis. That's right. Last week, we were joined by Endo Black, but over the last year and a half, we have had quite outstanding episodes regarding endometriosis, and I wanted to combine all of those to really give you a look into what that journey looks like for many women. So as always, it is yet another episode for women, by women. It is the tale of womanhood. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Also, don't forget to take out your notepads. And endometrius cost me a good shower sex session. But that was me not listening to my body. So <laughs> we were about to have shower sex. Popping. It was great. Who, who is we? Wait, set the scene. This is... that. Wait, not not only set the scene, but this is, uh, this is again... Um, You've already been diagnosed at this point, correct? So you're familiar at the changes or how it makes you feel, but you did also say it was sporadic. So talk to me about how it affects your sex life. And again, I know you have a story to go along with it. Sexy <laughs> to, oh shit, real quick. And this is, this was my mistake of not listening to my body because Again, being in tune, my body will send me those signals of like, bitch, you trying it, but okay, go ahead if you want to. So we were just home. He was about to hop in the shower. And I'm just like, oh, why don't we just take a shower together? So it was great. Hitting it from the back. You know that scene where you could just see the handprint on the glass? And it was just, it was, I was just like, okay, 50 shades of black. So I was like, okay, cool. All of a sudden, I started feeling like this cramping in my ovaries. And I'm just like, body, don't do this to me right now. Don't do this right now. And I was just like, okay, maybe it'll go away if I like kind of toot my butt up. And just maybe if it hits a different angle. All of a sudden, I get hot. Like passing out hot. And I was just like, you got to open the door. Like you need to open the door. And he opens the door and he's just like, what's going on? And it just, the sharp pain. Like I literally flop on the bed like wet dog style without the shaking, like in a ball. And he's just frozen. And he's like, do I call the ambulance? What I? I was like, no, 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 it'll go away. And I'm crying naked on the bed. No. And he don't know whether to touch me, anything. And that was his first time like ever seeing it happen. And it just kind of just released and went away. Okay. But he was so, he was very, very receptive but with men, we really have to break it down in how it makes us feel, what our bodies go through. And I feel like what really just amplified it was because he saw it. 
I feel like right. men, you can explain right. it, but when they see it, they're like, oh shit, that really does look like it hurt. This is with your current partner that you had the conversation. And since then, is there is there any extra steps in care that he's taken outside of just letting you go with the pace? Is it also something that when you go to the doctor, you update him with any changes? How 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 open are you with just explaining your health to him? Again, I, I know like even when it comes to testing um, and, and, you know, a lot of things we keep to ourselves. So I just want to know how you've excelled in those conversations regarding endometriosis with your partner. Oh, I'm very open. Like in ter- like with everything from start to finish, like what I'm going to the doctor for, my boobs hurt, I'm going to the doctor. My toe hurts a little bit, I'm going I'm going to the doctor for everything. I got insurance, that's what I pay for it for. I know that's so right. with him, I tell him every single thing because when I need that support, I need you to be caught up. When I'm in need of that support in that moment, I don't have time to sit down and explain it to you. So I just make sure that that communication is just there at all times, even to the point where like, if I just come off my period or like, even if it's a couple days, I have a routine for that to make sure my pH is back in because having your period can throw it off. Well, I started my period when I was 12. My first period was absolutely horrible. And I was so confused because all of my friends who had their periods were so happy. They were so happy they got their period. I was waiting and wishing to get my period. And when I finally got it, I was like, what is this? (laughs) Oh, no. So much pain. I had to miss school, bleeding heavily, and it never stopped. I thought maybe, okay, maybe that's just the first period since I'm just now starting to have one. Maybe that's how it goes for your first one. And it'll get... You know, a little better, you know, as the time progresses. But no, it was debilitating every single month. My period, I would have to miss school. And if I didn't miss school, I was in class sick. And everybody would know when I was on my period. What What were like your, your symptoms early on? Like what, what made you sick or what was, where were you in pain? Um, I had a lot of pelvic pain, a lot of blood clots. And they were thick and and heavy, like quarter-sized blood clots. And they were a lot. Not just maybe one or two, just every day for like the first three to four days of my period, I was passing thick quarter-sized blood clots. I would throw up every day for like the first three days of my period. And you have a full seven-day cycle? Yeah. Okay. Couldn't eat or drink anything for like the first five days. Having to sleep on all fours or sleep on the couch, sitting up, sleep in the bed, sitting up. I can't lay down because the cramping pain is just way too debilitating. At at what point did anyone go deeper into looking to see if anything really was wrong? Not up until I was about 24. By this time, I had been to the emergency room during my period, um, had been told while I was at the emergency room that I was probably pregnant after me telling them that this happens every single month because at this point in time, my period was the same. Like every month, my period is going to do the same thing. I'm going to cramp very, very intensely for the first five days. My period lasts seven days. I want to bleed heavy. I can't eat or drink anything for the first five days. I have to sleep on the couch sitting up. But on my third day, it's my absolute worst day. I, for like 12 hours, I'm going to cramp just straight 12 hours. I can't move. 
unless I'm going back and forth from the bathroom to the couch, that's about it. So the doctors assumed that you were pregnant. Was this before or after they gave you an ultrasound? They didn't give me an ultrasound. They just had me take a pregnancy test. What? (laughs) So this particular day, I could not walk. I, I tried going to the bathroom. And it was on my third day. I tried going to the bathroom and I fell to the floor. So that's when I was like, okay, something is really, really wrong. And so I went to the emergency room. The registrar nurse saw me stumbling in the in the ER and she knew something was wrong. And so she sent me straight back, not no paperwork, no nothing, just sent me straight back there. I had a male nurse, black male nurse. Okay. I told him, you know... I'm on my period. This happens every month. The only difference is I cannot walk this month. Like, I've never been able to not walk. And he said, "Mm, I think you're pregnant. And he made me take a pregnancy test. And when the test came back negative, he said, well, okay, the test is negative. I said, yeah, I told you this happens every month (laughs) when I'm on my period. And he gave me a prescription for 800 ibuprofen. And I had to pay $100 for copay and sent me right on my way. I'm in college not where where I'm from. I'm from Atlanta. Okay. College in Valdosta. So Oh, the country. Exactly. <laughs> so so I'm going from I'm trying to find the right doctor. So this clinic that I found which thank God thank God somebody referred them to me because they changed my life. When I told them about my period pain, I was prescribed codeine. I had already tried, you know, the ibuprofen. Right. I was right. taking like sixteen hundred milligrams like a day. And ibuprofen during my period. I had tried naproxen, hydrocodone, promethazine. I had tried a lot of things. They really were just loading you up with painkillers? And none of them were working for me. Wow. I tried codeine and I wasn't educated on how heavy narcotics like that work. And so because I'm so used to taking so many milligrams because of my period pain, I took six codeine pills because they were six milligrams. Not realizing, okay, this is coding. You shouldn't do that. Right. I almost overdosed. And when I went back to the doctor's office that next day after being prescribed and taking those coding pills, I saw a different doctor because the doctor who had prescribed those pills were out that day. And he listened to me. I told him, you know, my period is debilitating. I can't walk. I can't do anything. I have to miss class. I have to miss work. Like I can't do anything. I have to really plan my whole life around my period. And he asked me, Three questions. He said, is your period really debilitating? Do you have trouble using the bathroom? And do you have painful sex? And I answered yes to all three. And he gave me a pamphlet. And he said, I think you have endometriosis, but you have to have surgery in order to find out. But read this pamphlet. It's going to at least give you a basic knowledge about what it is and how the surgery works. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Period Sis. I want to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. I remember going to an HBCU football game and it was one of the most memorable experiences of my life. Watching an HBCU's team and band bring so much excitement to the stadium, completely packed with fans. It definitely is a once in a lifetime opportunity. The best part about it is that Pepsi is a proud supporter of HBCU students on and off the field. Pepsi and HBCUs, that's what I like. Now let's get back to the show. About a year and a half ago, I had noticed that I wasn't getting my period every single month. At first, I thought it was my birth control, so I kind of went off of it. Still wasn't getting it, and so I thought it was stress. I went to the doctor one day and was just getting a normal checkup, and she had noticed that I had hair on my chin, and she said, oh, you probably have PCOS. 
nobody was taking me serious. They thought I was exaggerating. It was like when I'm on the table, they don't see a gush of water coming out. So they're just like, okay, this girl comes to the doctor a lot. She's a hypochondriac. But I knew that something was wrong with me. And that was another issue that I had with my gynecologist and why I had to switch doctors because it's like, okay, I really have a concern and you can't keep blowing off these concerns that I right. have. My pain is really bad. This does not feel normal. Um, the irregular periods, all you want to do is give me birth control, but the birth control is making me feel depressed. Like, I'm having really bad thoughts and I'm feeling really low. And this is not me. It's not just college. It's not just stress. It's not just life. Like it has to be the pills and it's the hormones in here that are having me feel this way. So I'm looking online and I'm seeing other girls saying similar things. So it was just, it was difficult to talk to my mom about for all of the reasons I say it. And then it was difficult to talk to doctors about, but had I not talked about it, had I not looked up stuff online, I wouldn't have known. And I think a lot of people don't realize it. And then also because my periods weren't so irregular, like what they truly mean by irregular. Right. And another symptom is like, um, a lot of, um, weight gain in your midsection. Well, now I got that, but I didn't have that then. And, um, that's being, what I kind of wanted to talk about because mm -hmm. yeah. So like, a lot of us women with with periods, if it's irregular or maybe off a couple days, we automatically go to, fuck, I'm pregnant. We take mm -hmm. pregnancy tests. And if we're not pregnant, then we're like, okay, well, maybe I was stressed. Then I know yeah. that there's something else to where your period can apparently be knocked off if you have been in the gym a lot or if you've been on a lot of airplanes. And there's all these reasons as to why we give ourselves excuses for our bodies to be different. But I think for a lot of us growing with our bodies, we know when something is not right. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have the irregular periods. You're now seeing the, the bloating or weight gain in your midsection. One of the other things or one of the other side effects um, that women may experience with PCOS is actually excessive hair. Yes. Um, can you can you talk to me? What is what is technically excessive hair and how do you know if you should be concerned about it? Because I know some of us, especially maybe Latina women, you know, they just are born more hairy. <laughs> um, the, there's hair on their arms or a lot of us tend to have more hair on our heads than normal. How mm -hmm. do you know if you have excessive hair? Well, when I was little, I've, I've always been a hairy kid, but I noticed okay. that, like my arms are hairy. I usually, I wax them. Like I, I do full body waxes, but, and I have hair like on my fingers, on my, t on my big toe. Um, I mean, I got, I got it on my knuckles. That don't but, count. That was, but that was growing up. And oh. so I knew that. You was that braiding was your knuckle hairs, girl. <laughs> I didn't you was out here putting cornrows on your fingers. <laughs> Damn near. But I. I knew that to be hairy, but then later, this is like college, high school, because I think uh, I started my period at 14. Um, I don't really know when I got, when I developed PCOS, how that even happened, but I started to notice changes. And it's really embarrassing, but hopefully somebody else out there who may have it or thinks that they have it, you don't feel alone, because I definitely feel alone. The hair um, on my stomach, like Happy Trail, it's, it started to get thicker and coarser and more like um, pubic hair. And there's mm. a lot of that. Hair on my chest, hair around my nipples, hair on my chin. Like I know some girls will talk about mustaches, but it's very rare that you'll have like thick hairs on your chin or like I have a few stray thick hairs around my sideburns, but I get everything taken off. So 
people don't know that I'm naturally just like that or that this is a side effect, but it's a lot of hair. I should not have all of this hair on my titties. I just should not. Right. And and for, for the people who may be curious as to why this is happening, I actually looked up um, and you guys can hear more more stats at the end of this episode, but it comes from excess androgen. Mm -hmm. Um, which means that you have elevated levels of male hormones. Mm -hmm. um, and that is what results, I guess, in that extra facial and body hair. Yeah, um, and that was something that they told me um, when I was doing all of the testing with um, the egg donation. She told me about those levels and she was like, this is a normal range. I can't remember what my numbers were, but she told me what a normal range was. And she was like, and this is yours. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. That is... I guess I, I guess hearing all of these things that you deal with 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 your body and I mean like I said the excess hair um, the possibility of being infertile mm -hmm. um, the extra bleeding how is it with dating how how has P PCOS affected your dating now I know you get it in honey <laughs> but I just I just want to know like if you felt like it has affected it in a negative way at all I mean thank God I. Um... It hasn't affected my sex drive, so that, okay. you know, it's good. Um, I haven't had issues with that. Um, I don't really run into issues with the hairiness or that being a thing because I don't like it either, and I get it removed. They don't even know. You okay. know, they know I go get wax. They know that I do full body waxes and stuff like that, but they don't know the degree to which it really is. Like, if I just let myself be free. Well, girl, you may um, just need to go ahead and get an older man, because this man I got right now is not even letting me ch shave this puss, honey. I don't like, like it, me, though. Me neither. I think, do you want hair think around your I, nipples? No, girl, okay. I ain't gonna lie. I don't. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna keep removing this. I actually think um, I'm gonna do laser and see how that works out for me. I can only go to specific people who take my insurance or else it's gonna cost an arm and a leg. I ended up going to one who was close to my job, told him, oh, I was recently diagnosed with PCOS. He walked outside, took out some generic ass birth control, and then was like, take this and you'll be fine and watch what you eat. The, the, the cyst ruptures, mm -hmm. at what point, what did you do next? You, you knew that you had cysts. Um, was this only one cyst? Did you have multiple, like, so, because he said he only felt one, so what? Mm -hmm. I had multiple. Talk to me. I have at least four or okay. five cysts in my ovaries, um, but they were like they that they're not cancerous. They're not like anything that I need to worry about. They will rupture. Some you might feel it, you might not, and that's really it. That's all they could do for me. Take some ibuprofen if you feel like cramping. So I was like, okay. So that night after I went to the hospital, they were like, you know, it ruptured. You just have to let it take its course. You'll be fine. And I was like, okay, so I never went back again because to me, it's going to rupture. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm not going to keep coming up here. Girl, I have $30,000 in hospital bills out here in the world because of PCOS. Girl, they're not getting paid, so that's all right with me. But <laughs> So wait, wait real quick. Is this because you work for yourself and are uninsured or does your insurance not cover it doesn't cover it from when I did have insurance. It didn't cover a lot of the stuff like my ultrasounds, the specialist doctors. It would cover just like the copay. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh -huh. I'm so young. I don't know anything. Nobody. And at this time, too, like I don't really have family because I'm a runaway. I don't have like family that I can call or speak to about this issue. So I'm like learning everything as I go. OK, so I'm not really understanding anything that they're telling me. 
I'm just researching everything that they're telling me. Okay, this is what you said. Well, let me go look this up and see if this makes sense. Let me see if somebody on YouTube is talking about it. That was my whole life. So after it ruptured, basically for a couple years like that, I just was like, well, I have cysts. But um, I recently went and got checked again at this OB and I don't have any more cysts. They're gone. I don't know where they went, but they're all gone. When I had the cystic acne and I went into the endocrinologist, he did a, a blood panel on me. And he would, before he came back, he was like, what makes you think that you have PCOS? And I was like, well, I Googled it. And he kind of like <laughs> chuckled like, bitch, <laughs> like, okay. So I was like, I have all the symptoms. Like, it just makes sense. I know in my heart that it's PCOS. So he did the panel. I came back a week later. He goes, well, you have PCOS. And I was like, really Mm, you don't say and he was like um your androgen levels are like triple the amount that they should be i don't even remember like what they should be i don't know if they should be like the 20s i was at the 90s wow he was like your androgen levels are through the roof which is probably why you are dealing with all of these symptoms so harshly when you went to your primary care physician, mm-hmm. you said that they pretty much just suggested birth control to regulate it. But yep. was there not a diagnosis during then? Did they tell you what it could be? Were there any conversations that what all of the possibilities could be because of the missed period? I feel like I am just a product of Black women health being ignored. So I'll start there. And the diagnosis was very dismissive. And mm. the only solution was birth control, but just kind of like, a, oh, you have PCOS, birth control, you should be all set. Never an in-depth conversation about how, why, when, how to treat it, how to take care of it. Let's also monitor it in the next three months, in the next six months, in the next, you know, like there wasn't really any follow-up either. Now, what, outside of the missed period, What other symptoms did you have? I I assume you started doing some of your own research to see even because, you know, we go into a hospital and they just start yelling out these letters, these acronyms or these big words. And we're like, okay, you're speak English to me. Right. So when they said PCOS, did you go and do your own research? And what other symptoms did you realize that you had as well? Um, I didn't do my research when I was diagnosed in my adolescence. It was more as technology became more available to us on our smartphones and things like that, which was more like college, post-college was when I started doing research on PCOS. They're always going to recommend most likely birth control. They're going to tell you (sighs) to lose weight. So, Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. How are they? Definitely something they're going to recommend because in my case, on the BMI scale that doesn't accommodate, again, to the black bodies of this world. Obesity is what they have diagnosed me with as well. So they're definitely uh, birth control and weight loss is what they recommended for treatment. It never ceases to amaze me how much I learn by recording and speaking to so many women week in and week out here on Period Sis. And I'm so glad to share these type of stories with you all. Um, I want to thank all of you guys for supporting not only Period Sis, but the official Box Owner brand. If you have not yet, say this is your first time listening to Period Sis, I want to send you right on over to officialboxowner.com. Join our mailing list. We are dropping our sixth box in January. That's right. 
I of course want to wish you guys a happy holiday and a happy new year, but we are dropping our sixth installation of our quarterly subscription box in January. So don't forget to sign up. Don't forget to go ahead and copy your official box owner products. That is the balance box, Bork Asset Suppositories, as well as the Yummy Box, the apple cider vinegar gummies, which are all, of course, good for your overall feminine hygiene and women's health. And just thank you guys. Again, thank you guys so very much. We are wrapping up a year. This has been a long, long, long year. And as we learn on this podcast, a lot of us are dealing with far more than meets the eye. And so I truly just want to speak to all of you who tune in weekly and support the brand, but also everything that I do. Guys, just thank you, honestly. Um, it is your girl, Mandy B. As you know, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Period Sis. Until next time, bye. bye. bye.